Hey y'all, my name is Amina and this is Mina's Mic. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Your presence is very much appreciated. On this podcast, I will discuss everything surrounding society and culture from my perspective as a young black woman. One of the biggest realizations that I've had on my journey of consciousness is that it's all connected, as in the earth, the universe, and most importantly, the people or the collective. And if you haven't noticed, there have been some astronomical changes taking place, things that we are all experiencing simultaneously. The collective is finally breaking away from the shackles of the society that we once knew. Now in this season, it's all a collective, we gonna get into it, so grab a cup and join a conversation, cause I'm about to spill the tea. Welcome or welcome back. I hope you all are doing well. As you can tell by the title, we will be discussing white supremacy today. And we have Mari speaking, just me and her. We got Jen in the chat. Thanks for joining. Um, So, yeah, when you hear white supremacy, what do you automatically think of? The KKK, I'll be honest with you. That's the first thing that comes to mind Mm -hmm. because that's the, you know, group that really carries out white supremacy and pushes white supremacy um, and that is the initial group that that sparked it. You know, white supremacy has always been around. Um, right. But when I think of white supremacy, those are the, the, the people, the terrorists that really. So as I'm editing this, I feel like I could have articulated some of these things a little bit better. But um, basically, as you just heard, Mario was explaining that she when she hears white supremacy, she automatically thinks of the KKK, like most of us do. And the reasoning behind this is that when the term was first coined, it was used simply to describe terrorist groups like the KKK and neo-Nazis, etc. So naturally, these organizations would be the first thing that people think of when we hear the term. So it wasn't until the 2000s that the term white supremacy was redefined to mean the belief theory or doctrine that white people are inherently superior to people from all other racial and ethnic groups especially black people that said it is very clear that white supremacy goes far beyond blatant racism furthermore white people oftentimes don't recognize it because white supremacy centers whiteness this is why it's been so successful in the first poem of the season I reiterated the old saying consciousness is key relating it back to this how could one dismantle a system that they cannot see or recognize there. White supremacy is only successful because white people are ignorant to its existence. A prime example of this is being able to be pulled over without the fear of dying. So white or non-black people would say, oh well if you weren't doing anything wrong then you shouldn't be scared. And this is because they refuse to believe the violent history of police brutality and how it is directly targeted towards black and brown people simply because they themselves have never been threatened by police. White supremacy takes many forms it's not as simple as blatant racism its most influential and dangerous effects are systemic as explained before with the police brutality example it dictates who gets the best housing who's imprisoned or enslaved who um it affects voting rights education and it rewrites history making most americans ignorant and therefore easily controlled now we could go back to the conversation um, and then from the article that you sent me, it's literally called whiteness, and I'll give the source at the end in the um, outro or whatever. But it said that whiteness and white racialized identity refer to the way that white people, their customs, their culture, and beliefs operate as the standard by which all other groups are compared. So mm-hmm. really, 
combating white supremacy means to decenter whiteness because whiteness is the standard. It is, you know, the most valued. It is the quote unquote normal. But what we fail to realize is that they are literally the minority of the world. So yeah, you can put your two cents in now. And y'all, I'm sorry for the background. No, don't even worry about it. But um, when, when you were talking about um, like, whiteness and white privilege you know that that really like came to mind a lot of people get defensive and then that turns into white fragility and when we have these topics of white supremacy or um, white nationalism or or holding people accountable a lot of people will get defensive and it's like we have to cater to their white fragility for them to hear us and that should not be the standard and again when it comes to um, the norms, the norms are all European and Americanized. They're not um, inclusive. They're not, they're not equal when it comes to including other diverse groups or other religions, ethnicities, races. And that, that turns into internalized racism and internalized hatred. So when you were talking about that, um, people of color and not only white people, when, when they get pulled over um, a black person or a person of color, and they get put over. Well, maybe if you just listened or followed directions, that wouldn't have happened. But why do I have to, you know, obey every single thing that the officer says to a mm-hmm. point where it's like, I I have to be the one de-escalating the situation if they're talking nasty to me. You know, like right. I can't have a normal response. If they're, you know, cussing at me or calling me the N-word hard R, I can't get upset. I have to be like, no, sir. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. So with that, with that, you know, robotic type response, we have to keep ourselves in check so our lives can be saved. Why is that the standard? It should not be the standard. Right. Um, and part of addressing that is is addressing whiteness, is addressing white nationalism, is it is addressing white supremacy, is addressing white fragility, all of these things that really um, uphold our institutions and all of these um, systems that, that you know, continue to oppress us. Um, but yeah, that's that's my two cents right there. Right. And you know, going back to what you said about us having to de escalate the situation, why should we have to take, you know, authority of the situation but still be um submissive in the same instance? You feel right. what I'm saying? Like the officer is supposed to be the one who is calming us down or not even calming us down, but they're supposed to be the authoritative figure and with that title comes, you know, the responsibility of handling other people's emotions. Like when you work in um, an industry such as that, like you literally have to cater to other people. Not to say that you got to baby everybody, but that's literally what they do to white women when they start crying or white people when they feel, you know, threatened or whatever. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. And then they, of course, comfort them. And it's like, where's that same treatment? And it's like, at the, but at the same time, it's like, I don't need you to coddle me, but at least treat me with respect. Treat me like a right. human that I am. Right. Um, and just to, yeah, and just to add on to that, the leniency and restraint shown towards white people should be the same leniency and restraint shown towards other people of color. Right. Regardless, regardless if they committed a crime, because at the end of the day, they are still human beings. But we right. are not seen as human beings. We are seen as our skin color. And, and you know, they take our skin color and they use it to dehumanize us because they see us as inferior, which also ties into white supremacy, like I was saying. And when we're talking about white privilege, you don't you don't have to fear for your life when you're getting pulled over. 
you don't have to fear for the cops being called on you for playing basketball or for playing another sport like you know we have I have my brothers have you know what I'm saying like there's certain things certain customs the way you move the way you live the way you speak is privileged because you don't consider and you don't have um you don't consider your race as a factor in everything because you have the privilege of living in a country where your race is the majority and where your race is seen as normal. You know what I'm saying? Your culture, your customs, whatever you're doing, that's the standard that every other minority is held to, you know? So, and when I, when I mention white privilege, white privilege is a person's, um, is a white person's intrinsic advantages based on the race in a society defined by racial bias and prejudice, right? So just because a white person um, is white, that doesn't mean that they haven't struggled. That doesn't mean that they can't face poverty or anything like that. It just means that they can have 99 problems, 99 issues, but their skin color will never be one of them in this nation ever, period. Because this nation caters to them, caters to their needs. Every institution from education to policing to the judicial system, everything is catered, built by and for the white man. Period. Right. And, you know, another thing with decentering whiteness and combating white supremacy is like just the language that we use, like simply calling minorities the minority in and of itself is like a supremacist ideal because we are the majority. The majority of people on this planet within this country are people of color. But the simple fact that we call them people of color really just, you know, alienates us from Mm. our own land. Like, and then that's the other thing, like, we're the original, but they are, you know, the dominating force simply because, you know, they stole, like, they stole so much. And I said that in the last poem, like, you stole so much from me. It feels like you stole my soul. And it's like, where do we draw the line, you know? And mm. then another thing with white supremacy is, like, they write our history. And so they dictate, you know, what isn't, what isn't true, what is fact, and what is fiction. And mm. the truth is that they are literally creating this illusion of a society that is supposed to be free, you know, like the golden image of America, like a lot of mm. people overseas and, like, foreign people. Even when I was younger, I'm thinking, you know, we have, like, the yellow big road, like, everything right. is perfect, like, I'm waiting to live the American dream, blah, 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 mm. like, I am native to America, but I have yet to experience this, and right. why is because, like, white supremacy made sure that people of color, that black people, that, you know, um, people of the mass majority will not succeed and that's because and then another thing is like people always say oh the system is broken it's not broken it's just not built built, for you right it was built that way and it was built to oppress people of color like i said the system was built by and for the white man and when i say this it's not targeting every single white man but it's targeting those that have been and still are oppressing our people you know what i'm saying like right when we talk about when we talk about um, the white race, we're talking about the people in that race that continue and uphold those systems that that continue to oppress us. And it's like me even saying that I feel like I'm catering to the white fragility right now. Right. Because I feel like a lot of people listening to us, they're going to get defensive just because we're speaking the truth, you know? And the reason that they're being defensive is because they, like like we said, you know, being in touch with reality is like their reality is so different from ours because they have the privilege to ignore. They have the privilege to move on. They have the privilege to succeed. 
regardless and and without intaking the race and how it how it had helped them and how it had shielded them you right. know um and so when we bring these things up i really do hate to say it but i feel like i need to because if we don't then we're going to be targeted as the stereotypical terrorist stereotypical oh they wrong they did say that but for the record for the record <laughs> right now i'm doing this for the record but yeah, I mean, that's true. But you know, at the same time, regardless of whether you're blatantly racist or racist or not, you are still benefiting from white supremacy. Oh, yeah. I think oh, acknowledging yeah. that, acknowledging that, then we can really start to, you know, combat whiteness because this isn't just something that has to be done by people of color. This isn't just a, like our fight. Like you guys have to do people at with a C at the same people who are at the center. You guys have to take the initiative, not just to um, not be racist, but to be anti-racist, like you were Bye. saying in a few episodes before. Like it's not, it doesn't just take saying, "Oh, well, I'm not racist." Oh, well, I don't see any color. But then that, mm-hmm. you know, saying in and of itself is even, you know, triggering because it's like, "Oh, you don't see my color, okay?" But that means that you don't recognize the fact that I'm struggling because of my color. You feel mm. me? Like now, now you're like. That's almost like gaslighting because, like, oh, well, I don't see any color, so your color, like, isn't going to affect you in any way, shape, or form, and that's not the truth. Like, your color actually gives you privilege, like, of course, like you were saying before. Um, But, yeah, Mm -hmm. and going back to the whole history thing, like, why do you think we have Black History Month? Is because it actually started off as Black History Week, and it's because, you know, Black students, Black People in America in general were not learning about black history. Black history is American history. Mm. And we should be in the same textbooks that all of those supremacists, all of the racists are. Like, and then again, centering whiteness, like all these statues that we have of Confederate leaders, all the mm. Confederate flags that swing and you claim that it's your history in your heritage. Yeah, your heritage of racism. Like, come on now. Like, right. let's really get into it. Don't right. try to make it seem like this country is all peaches and cream because that's really not what it is. Like, tell the ugly truth because the ugly truth is the, you know, the real truth. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But yeah. And once they're, once they're able to hear that music, then they're going to be able to see reality for what it is and for what it's always been, you know, for us right. and, and people of color moving and navigating our way through society, you know, that's that's very westernized. And like you were saying, you know, the textbooks that we read, we we commend people on greed. We commend people right. on oppression. We commend, well, first of all, not we, they, hold on. Right, right. Textbook, right? <laughs> Who is we? But I'm saying like, like as a whole as a whole and as a society and and you know those textbooks they commend slave masters they commend um and um people and imperialism and colonialism as as a big achievement as something like something where where it's just a win-win but it was only a win-win for the people on the other side for the people taking and stealing and looting and robbing it was a win for them. But what about those people who were stolen from? What about those people who were looted? What about those people who were robbed of not only their land, of not only their culture, their language, but of their humanity and, 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 and their identity as a whole? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like right. that touches into not only the, the you know, Black struggle, but the Native American struggle as well. You know, right. because they were the first ones 
they're the first people who deserve reparations are Native Americans because when it comes down to it, they were the ones that were, you know, stolen of their own land. Um, and I think that really is crazy. Um, but, you know, that's the type of society that we're, that we're living in. And I just wanted to touch upon, like you were saying, you know, it's not just, you know, a black and white. It's not just um, the black struggle or the minority struggle. Like we can't change the world overnight. You know, it gradually arouses with the little things. Like it begins under your own roof, under your own community, be mm -hmm. because you need to educate yourself. Like real change starts within the individual and education plays a vital role in that. So sometimes you may feel helpless, especially during, you know, the pandemic and quarantine and all of that. But we're faced with the worst of conditions. I think that we can, you know, face back with it and we're capable of responding with the best of ourselves and the best of our community and the best of humanity. And it's up to us to mold our society, our nation into, you know, one that was better than we were given, you know, and the one that it's better than we inherited because if not us then who else right like if not us then who else who else is gonna do it so we need to start holding ourselves and those that fall responsible and accountable because we all can improve like education is the most potent weapon that you can use right. to to fight against bigotry to fight against racism and discrimination because like you said it's not merely you know black versus white it's all of us versus racism and injustice and there's a there's a thing it's like it's not enough anymore to say oh well i'm not racist okay but what do you what else are you doing you, right. you can't be just not racist there has to be other factors to join the fight of liberation because n not racist is not going to do you any good anymore it's not going to bring us to the finish line you need to do those things. you need to call up those people you need to you know go to protest you know, sign those petitions, and, donate if you can, you know? And, you know, like, even if you don't have the courage or you're not comfortable with, you know, being outwardly anti-racist, like you said, it really just starts at home. It starts with yourself. Mm. Like, even just listening to this conversation alone is, and I hope that you're listening with an open ears and open heart. You feel what I'm saying? Like, not just right. listening to judge, but listening to actually hear. Um but yeah, it really just starts with sitting at, you know, the Thanksgiving table or whatever. Even that holiday alone is like, no. But anyway, but yeah, just sitting at the table with your family and instead of just, you know, turn turning the cheek over to your auntie or to your grandmother or grandfather who is, you know, spewing out, you know, racist ideologies or whatever, check them. Be like, oh, that's not fair. Don't say that. That's not right. You have to take it upon yourself to um you know enlighten the people within your community and again check their racism and because you are white because you do have privilege you might be attacked but you won't be you know it won't be to the same extent that a black person like you might yeah, be, you won't you know, be destroyed right like you might feel uncomfortable about it or whatever but imagine how black and brown people feel on a right. daily basis when we have to go through that stuff and we can't mm. do nothing because then our life might be put on the line for it like mm. that's facts and um like like we were saying um Jen said in the chat like you know the 2020 census came out they were mad because you know we're the majority now but right. even i just want to touch upon like even the 2020 census another thing of like you know kind of discrediting our identity you know under the white race they put egyptian girl i'm egyptian 
And I am that is not, not white. That, that is, is white. not white. And the thing is, the false representation that me and my people have, you know, gone through, and and a lot of minorities have gone through in the Middle Eastern community and the Latinx community. You know, a lot of um, misrepresentation, or even the representation that we do get, is bare minimum. You know, a lot of that, you know. Um, ties into silencing us because if they don't recognize us then they don't need to you know um account for us they don't need to hold others responsible that have been you know um what's the word i'm looking for that have been you know involved in our oppression involved in our silencing so i feel like yes you know with the 2020 census they are quote unquote the minority but even even with them misrepresenting other races they still are the minority kind of but they still but got the like, upper hand but the thing about white supremacy like that like they take and they take and they take just to uphold their system you know what i you know what i'm saying mm. like they need the numbers they or they need the illusion of the numbers we all know egyptian people are not white that is right. like the original black like what are you talking about hello like, let's, like. Be, let's be completely real but the thing is they have to you know put these marginalized groups they have to pull them in and you know call it whiteness just to center themselves just to maintain their dominance or whatever you feel what i'm saying like or even okay let's talk about black conservatives you know oh like my God. yes okay so the thing <laughs> is with them they don't actually like black conservatives or because they don't like black people but they put these black conservatives on a pedestal to just prove their own points to prove like oh well this person is black and you know well they believe what right. i believe so they i'm obviously right and it's like no you're just using them as a pawn you're literally a pawn like stop yep. it that irks me too but that's another thing about white supremacy like it is like it doesn't exist without you know ignorance and mm-hmm. again if you're ignorant then you're easily controlled so like with consciousness comes liberation like that's really yeah, the yeah. key to all of this and a lot of those a lot of conservatives i'm not even gonna say a lot all of them they're all delusional like they're and just because they might use you know big words or they might use statistics. That's a big one for them. They use their twisted oh, ass statistics. Like, oh, like when they talk about black on black crime, no, that's just regular crime. That's just regular. Okay, what about white on white crime? Mm, let's, right. talk, let's talk about it. Right. And that, but that just goes to show that they, the ignorant people are really the people that really uphold these systems. They need that ignorance to continue to survive. And like I was saying earlier, white supremacy survives simply because white people do not recognize it they don't see it and that's why it is still around that's why it is still here and as long as people hold on as long as people continue to you know teach the younger generations these ideologies it will continue to survive because they're continuing you know that ignorant cycle but continue yeah um so i just wanted to like correct what you were saying like yes um white supremacy is still here because people are ignorant and don't want to recognize it but white supremacy is still here because people do recognize it and still uphold it that too so totally right so it's not just oh like um white people you know don't know any better and i know that's not what you were saying like right but white people that they know that are ignorant you know um and that do see it and choose to uphold it and choose to Mm -hmm. um 
you know, either ignore it or say, oh, there's nothing wrong with that, though. That within itself is, you know, part of the issue. And that's something that we need to, um, you know, attack and and debunk. And that starts with addressing um, white supremacy, whiteness, white nationalism, which all kind of strive into and, quote, um, you know, intertwine with one another. Right. It's all a collective. I want to highlight this moment right here because I think this is very important. Normalize correcting people. A lot of times people don't like to be corrected. And when I say people, I mean me, like my old self, I would have got defensive. But we all need to be corrected sometimes, especially when you're having these conversations. You can't try to educate people and spread misinformation or not be specific in what you mean. So Mari, thank you for pinpointing that out to make sure that our overall message is clear and correct. But going back to what she was saying, not all white people are ignorant to white supremacy or systemic oppression they know exactly what they're doing and in perpetuating the idea that white people simply just don't know and that they're these little innocent children we are again centering whiteness but who's the person that you could think of that is completely aware of and outwardly proud of their whiteness of their racism of their supremacy prime example of that is literally just trump like you know like Mm-hmm. His whole character, his whole persona is just, he, he got supremacists written on his face, like. <laughs> no, that yeah, is No, seriously. And I feel like when it comes to, like, white supremacy, people like to confuse, I don't know, put my seatbelt on. People like to confuse, like, whiteness. Like, so we don't hate white people. We hate whiteness. And right. like, people uphold white supremacy. Like, there's a huge difference. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with having white allies as long as, like, they are able to understand their place in society and how just off skin color they uphold this system, you know? And the same thing goes for like what Marianne was saying, how like you don't have to be white to uphold white supremacy. Like there's a lot of, you know, cops who are Palestinian, a lot of cops who are black. And these people, they don't understand, even though they're they're being marginalized, you know, they are part of now the oppressor. And instead of the oppressed and it's like if we were to understand how like all of these systems are like interconnected i feel like we'd be able to like combat them more effectively but instead like we think that us being a part of the system can change the system and it's like in order for the no. system to change we'd have right. to abolish it and restart it up right from the you, ground you up you don't just exactly. need a seat at the table you need yes. to be at the table and then flip the table over like that oh my yeah. god yes 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 that's like mm-hmm. the worst because I feel like especially like with like with society now when we talk about like abolishing the police and things like that it may to them to outside people it's like too extreme but it's like okay so what would you rather have you being a part of the police system because it's like the police system in general is just corrupt and it's like right you know no matter what your intentions are it's like cops you know we don't hate cops we hate the same thing whiteness we don't hate cops we like you know at the end of the day, cops are human. We hate your job. We hate what you do. So it's like, I can, you know, I can see a cop and look him right in his face and respect that he's a human, but not respect him for his, like, his badge. Like, right. that's why I think, like, the whole, like, blue lives matter, like, was a thing. And it's like, how can that be a thing when it's like, you're, you're putting a life over a badge? And it's like, right. is a part of white supremacy. Like, here you guys are, like, kind of, like, demolishing what BLM stands for. Right. Like, and... Yeah, and one thing that I really wanted to add on to, like, a lot of people are talking about, okay, when it comes to um, reform, like, no, we don't, at this point, like, we've seen what reform has done for us. It was slavery, then it was the 13th Amendment, you know what I'm saying? It was 
Mm-hmm. It was slave patrol. Now it's policing. It, the reform is is racism just wearing different masks. It's right. a shapeshifter. So in order to get rid of racism, we need to get rid of these institutions that continue to uphold it and divest in them and invest in the youth and invest in institutions that will uplift our people, that will educate our people the correct way. And right. so when it comes to protecting our communities, protecting our people, there is always a better way there is always a better way and we should never settle we should never settle for anything other than that because if we settle then we're complicit you know what i'm saying so yes it is hard but we need to be the ones to educate ourselves and educate other people and what we do with the black lives matter like joe has always said like zelly all of us have always been saying this we teach and preach love we are about love we don't hate anybody despite even even if we should, we don't. Because we understand that hate will not bring us to liberation. Love will. Because love prevails. And it always has been. And it always... Right. Yeah. And, you know, to piggyback off of that, I feel like love is a huge, like, a huge theme when it comes to, like, fighting for liberation and fighting for, like, a revolution. Because it's, like, you can't have, and, like, this is kind of something I'm, like, combating right now with, like, the people around me who say they love me. But it's, like, at the end of the day, you don't have enough enough love in you to love, like, a stranger, like, to love my neighbor. And it's, like, you can't sit here and say you love me if your love isn't enough to love other people. And it's, like, I feel like, you know, when we talk about, like, revolutionaries, like, they were all consumed up with love. And it's, like, love really is the answer to it all. And it's, like, if you don't have love in you, of course you're not going to see it. Of course you're not going to have the empathy you need to to realize humans are dying, to realize, like, the system is against them. And and it, it, it really does all go back to like how like if people were to work more on themselves they'd see and they wouldn't be projecting so much from their inner feelings and more so like towards love like mm. so like you know right. as much as we do liberation because they go hand in hand like you can't have either or it's both you need both to, for this fight right it's tapping into reality so it's literally all a collective yeah, and you know, going back to what you were saying about socialism, I was like, um, I was watching this video yesterday about, um, you know, the spectrum of liberalism or whatever, and it was basically explaining how like people like Obama were like progressivists, and of course he had a seat at the table, and of course he did use reform, but again, look at where we are today. Do you really think that? actually helped anything no it didn't because he still continued to uphold the same system that oppresses or his people that oppresses mm. him but the thing is like that you know disassociation from it or the choice to be ignorant to it or the choice to ignore it is really what we need to fight is really what we need to stop doing and even like you know biden kamala kamala has a seat at the table she's the first black female to be a vice president and look what she's doing. She literally said, oh, um, America isn't a racist country. And it's like, girl, why do you think you're the first? Like, come on, like, let's really talk about it. Like, let's really talk about it. And then, like I was saying um, before, you know, before we actually started this episode or whatever, I was saying how liberals and neoliberals, they think that they're being, you know, so inclusive and they think that they care about minorities so much. 
when the truth is that you're still upholding capitalism, there is no way to combat racism if you do not combat capitalism first. Because racism will always exist in a capitalist society. And it's like, yeah, you might give out welfare checks. Yeah, you might give out Section 8 and stimulus checks. But at the end of the day, it's still in a capitalist Mm. society. Capitalism was never meant to last forever, number one. And it was never meant for these people that you're supposed to be giving these reforms to and so with that being said no matter how much money you dish out it's not going to change the actual system and again they always you know perpetuate the idea that the system is broken it's not broken it's just not built for us and you know going back to being socialist yes socialists will work alongside liberals and alongside you know left the left but at the end of the day we do have to you know be it's not extreme to say abolish the police or to, you know, be a socialist. That's not an extreme. And the simple fact that it's considered to be an extreme is just that just goes to show just how blind people are to these things. Right. Or communism, too. People are so afraid to identify as a communist or as a socialist for the simple fact that they'll be outcasted from society. And it's just like and then another thing I feel like even when it comes to working on yourself or finding your own position, Um, You know, everyone or a lot of people can agree like, oh, I'm not conservative simply because conservatives are blatantly racist. But then you're just by default, you know, put under the liberalist, um, under the Democratic Party, under the liberalism umbrella. And it's just like, okay, well, what actually, you know, what are you actually, you feel what I'm saying? Like a progressivist, liberals, um, leftists can all be separate political parties, but we're all put under under the Democratic Party for what I don't know. But, you know, that in and of itself is just working on yourself, feeling, you know, where your position is and then, you know, working towards that. And I feel like what I've noticed since, you know, January of 2020 to now is really like I've just been moving all the way down the ladder. Like at first, of course, I was progressive is because you know we saw obama and even when we were younger we were like oh my god that's so nice like look um the first black president we're really like doing something blah 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 and then it's like okay well now i don't agree with that anymore so then i move a little bit more down you know then i considered myself to be a liberal simply because i wasn't a conservative but then i'm like mm, i don't really agree with liberal ideals and then i be thought i was a leftist and i'm like okay this is, seems a little bit more you know my speed or whatever but then i'm like um no we don't need to just defund the police we need to abolish the police and then i'm like yeah socialism that's really where it's at so it's just like you know, again, working on yourself, really just finding your position and that's your own liberation will, you know, contribute to liberation for all. But, um, but yeah, Mari, you got anything to say? Any last sentiments? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to touch upon like you talking about, you know, going down the pedestal, going down that ladder, um, and talking about socialism, talking about communism, talking about, um, you know, liberalism and, and all that. They just want to put us under an umbrella, umbrella and put us um, a title over our heads just to say something. And not only that, they want each and every single word of being woke to sound extreme, to sound. Um, they want they want to have a bad connotation because that is literally how they uphold capitalism and white supremacy and racism and the systems that continue to oppress us to this day so once we begin to unlearn the falsehoods that we have been taught since we were younger 
And once we begin to delve deep and do our own research and think for ourselves and really start to see what has been, um, you know, you know, kept from us and, and kept behind the blinds, once we're able to take a, a deeper look, then that is when liberation is, you know, sparking up, not only within us, but in, in, in our community. And that's how we spread it, like I was saying. And it really is all a collective because once we dismantle the other, um, once we dismantle one thing, the other one will follow. Right. You know, like you dismantle capitalism and everything will follow. You know what I'm saying? You free our minorities, you free black people, and everybody else will follow. It's like that is how, you know, we're going to be liberated. We're going to be free, hopefully, one day. And I mean, like, as as bad as it is that we've been talking and as bad as racism has been in our um, institutions and how bad it's oppressing us to this day and how much we see segregation and modern-day slavery and everything and how much we've seen racism shapeshift, that will never shift my heart and that will never shift my hope for a better day and a better future. And I think that it's important. You know, yes, we're preaching revolution, but you can't have a revolution if you if the revolutionaries don't have love. And right. I think that, you know, each and every single one of us needs to practice love as an activist, but as a person and as a soul and as a human being and spread that because there is no way that we can reach true liberation if everyone else around you is enslaved, like Amina right. always says. So liberation really is all a collective and I want to thank you for giving me the space to talk and, you know, speak my mind. I wasn't even going to, you know, I wasn't even supposed to, but, you know, I had to pull through for the one time. Um, and yeah, thank you. Like, thank you, Layla. Thank you, Amina, Jen, whoever popped by. Yes. And thank you all for your presence. Like literally I like thought of, you know, doing the season or whatever, but honestly, like, as y'all can tell, I wouldn't have been as, consistent as I have been I wouldn't have been as motivated as I have been without your support and that's why I say thank you so much like all the time or whatever and it's just really because like you know people always say like strange not that y'all are strangers anymore but strangers will support you way more than your circle will or way more than your quote-unquote friends will you know what I'm saying and it's just like it was so crazy how like um oh nah not my signal week but yeah I'm gonna cut this part out but, but whatever but it's so crazy how, like, after I had finally, like, got rid of so many people within my circle, and then I'm like, you know what, I need a new group of people. When I when I started, you know, doing my own work, solidifying my own, you know, opinions, working on myself, then I found more people, more revolutionary mm. things I agree with. Like, I had to make room for y'all to be in my life, you feel me? Like, I had to make room for that new energy, for the new, you know, beginnings, for the new opportunities, for the new people. And it's like, wow. Like that, right? Yeah, but yeah, and then you know, with school coming back, all those people about to be in my face again. So it's like, uh. (laughs) nah, but um, but like, like you were saying, like, once you like, there's a saying in um, our life, if you in Islam, like our you know, Islamic life, Mm -hmm. like, once you cut off those people that are bringing you know, um, haram or bringing anything in your life. Allah will replace them with halal and Allah will replace them with better people. You know what I'm saying? So right. you just doing that for yourself and for your own peace of mind. Like, like God really does work in crazy ways. Um, I know Layla had to ask. Um, yeah, I kind of just wanted to like talk about 
how a lot of people like to think that white supremacy is like an historically based um, thing where, you know, they acknowledge the progress we've made, but like they kind of stop. And it's like, there's still so much work to be done. And like, you know, institutionalized, like this, they have, this system has like exploited us from the beginning. And like, I think that it's also important to note that if we don't recognize racism as being systemic, that's one of the reasons why, you know, white supremacy even came about too. So the the purpose of racism is much clearer when we call it white supremacy. Like I, I actually like, am starting to practice that more too, instead of like calling something racist i'll call it like white supremacist because it's like these are the power structures that like are at hand when we're dealing with these things and like the word supremacy means just like a power relationship just existing and um you know when it comes to police officers i just feel like racist police officers is often reduced to a few bad apples who need to be removed and you know this is Yes, and this sustains the existing powers throughout society. So, like, if we make this mistake, it'll have real, real consequences. Like, by refusing to see police brutality as part of a system and that the system must be changed, we guarantee, like, such police brutality will keep continuing. And, um, you know, I just feel like also when we talk about capitalism, like, the 80 to 90 billion billionaires in the world, right, if we were to cut their money in half, they'd still be the, the biggest billionaires in the world and it just goes to show how unjust capitalism is and like you know i feel like this generation is kind of lost and i feel like it, it does make me sad because you know i have people my age who they want to grow up to be billionaires and like this is something that i feel like has embedded within us from the from the womb like we grow up wanting to be billionaires wanting yep. to like you know look at like internalize almost white supremacy and kind of like think that that is what we can be or what we will be and it's like even if you do somehow become a billionaire that that's the standard yeah exactly and it's like why why are these like materialistic money driven like aspects of life like something that we aspire to be and i feel like you know it it does show the confusion because it's like we want free yeah we want a free palestine but then it's like we're celebrating rihanna for being a billionaire billionaire then like we want to give out money money to the poor and it's like we need to understand like what we're preaching and if it, if it even aligns, you know, because it's mm. like, we can't want a free Palestine and also like look up to billionaires because it's like, these billionaires are the same ones hurting Palestine. These billionaires are the same ones hurting us. And it's like, I think that, you know, when it comes to like today's generation and, and being billionaires, you know, they are very self-driven, you know, like our generation is so strong. And I just almost like, almost wish that we can like steer that, that driven, that drive towards our society and less individually because i think that's like it's to our hand like it's not really a collective like you know uh, of course for like you know the liberation of like blm and like like our groups activist groups like we look at it like that but it's like if we can do the work outside of like us and like aspire other people to like you know take that drive to put it back into us and instead of like individually i think that will really help us also because you know obviously like we want to touch as many people we can through love and it also comes with like teaching people too that being a billionaire is not is not the goal. Like that's not the goal. You know, if you want to be, um, how do you say, like financially free, it starts with not having capitalism around. Because it's like you can be broke tomorrow. You can be a billionaire today and broke as hell tomorrow. And it's like just because you're a billionaire doesn't mean that you're ensuring that your future generations will become billionaires. Right. You know, the only thing that can ensure it is liberation for your people, and not money. Because at the right. end of the day, like. 
it's just not the answer and you know that also kind of like it does get me sometimes like a little frustrated when I am speaking to people because they don't see it in the sense of like what's wrong with having billions of dollars like what's wrong with that and they can give it back to the community but it's like that's not that's not what it is because at the end of the day you would still be a billionaire even if you did get back to the the community imagine cut their money in half and, and give it to the resources that we need to schools to communities to all these different things like and they'd still be billionaires like that's the craziest part of it all <laughs> but yeah right and you know like this could really just go for the capitalism episode but it's like being greedy having the you know ambition to be a billionaire or whatever it just really comes from a lack mindset you know like it's really just wanting to hog that much money or that much you know materialistic things is really just um you know you in the fear of like oh well i'm it might not be here tomorrow so i have to take it now or somebody else is going to take it from me so i have to have i have to have it all and it's like no like there's enough on this planet for everyone and then you know even the thing about you know food scarcity or whatever it's not actually scarcity it's like a man-made you know idea of scarcity and that's where you know that's what i'm saying like it really is all a collective system it's all a collective um you know system of control it's all you know a collective way that you the control your subconscious really like if you are not controlling your subconscious who is or what is you feel i'm saying like you have to take initiative and again do the inner work to really liberate yourself and that's why consciousness is key to liberation because you cannot free yourself if you allow other systems or other you know outside entities to continue to control you and again in recognizing that you are a part of a collective body that you are a part you know of a collective group and that the things that are outside of you are also again a part of a collective system that is when you start to reach consciousness that is when you reach ascension so i mean yeah that's really all we got to say for today thank y'all so much for coming out and um you know speaking on white supremacy with me your support really is appreciated your presence really is appreciated thank you to everyone who like popped in and you know popped back out um but yeah that's the end now roll the music That was such a great episode. It was really chill and low-key, but this was definitely an energy booster for me. This really re-motivated me to just keep going and keep grinding with these episodes. Sending so much love to the Black Lives Matter Youth Council. Special thanks to Mari, who filled in last minute for me, and Layla, who joined while driving in the rain, and also Zelly, who is also always shares and reposts the podcast on his page. Love the vibes of the organization. Don't forget to tell your mama, your grandmama, your cat, your dog to stream Mina's mic on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast and Radio Public. Follow the Instagram page at Minas underscore Mike for stream updates. If you stay to the very end, you'll real one. Peace and love. Bye, y'all.